Live at 6, first we go to breaking news. The Carolina Panthers and tight end Greg Olson parting ways. Yeah, the team made that announcement in the past 15 minutes, then Olson put out a statement of his own. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. What's good, y'all? It's John June. Once again, at JRFootballNerd on Twitter. Uh, also, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at FFDiagnostics. If you haven't already given us a rate or review, go ahead and do that. If you like the work that we're doing, um, how could you not, man? Leading y'all to chips, that's what we do. But uh, it's dynasty season, so we got to, you know, got to be general managers. We got to be able to uh, be savvy, savvy general managers and be able to make moves um, that that set us up for long-term success, right? So uh, this is part two of the buy lows. Today we cover wide receivers and tight ends. Um, if you haven't caught part one with the quarterbacks and the running backs, go ahead and, and catch that. That's still on the feed. Um, also have the NFL free agency primer if you want to go back and listen to that as well. Um, or you just, you know, you want to listen to us or you miss Greg and you want to hear his voice. Uh, you go back and listen to some of the, the other shows that we did in the archives as well. But, um, you know, as I said, this is part two to buy lows. Uh, we covered quarterbacks and running backs yesterday, so we're going to cover wide receivers and tight ends today. So let's get this show started, man. So starting off with the wide receivers, we are going to start off with Michael Gallup. He's first on the list of the buy lows. Um, again, you know, we're picking guys uh, that, you know, going down the ADP of according to DynastyFootballLeague.com or DynastyFantasyLeague.com, uh, pick, looking at the ADPs of these guys, seeing where they're going. Uh, relative to where they they may have finished last year or, or where we think they could finish you know this year so uh, start like I said start with Michael Gallup he's going off the board as the wide receiver 27 uh, Michael Gallup still only 23 years old the former second round pick is only entering his third year in the league he's coming off a breakout season where we saw him have over 1100 yards and six receiving touchdowns which was good enough for wide receiver 30 in half point PPR leagues. I personally am a huge fan of Michael Gallup. I was a fan of Michael Gallup when he was coming out of Colorado State. Um, you know, he's got decent size. He's he's good route running ability, uh, physical at the catch point. So you know, I've always liked those qualities in him. But you know, we saw last year in 2019, he was given a huge opportunity with Dak Prescott taking a, a major step forward as a passer. We saw Michael Gallup have a 21% target share, which actually led the team. Um, and I know that. The price of Michael Gallup, you know, may be a little bit, um, you know, it might be caused by the presence of Amari Cooper. Um, obviously, Amari Cooper being the number one, the number one guy. Uh, I put that in quotation marks because Gallup led the team in target or had a larger target share, um, not not by much, but uh, the presence of Amari Cooper definitely seems to cap his upside. Uh, but the two uh, the two players had almost identical stat lines last year in 2019. Uh, we saw Michael Gallup have 113 targets compared to Amari Cooper's 119 targets. Uh, Michael Gallup had just over 1,100 yards with 1,107. We saw uh, Amari Cooper have just under 1,200 yards with 1,189. Um, the diff where the difference came between the two was 
It came down to catches, 66 for for Gallup, 79 for Cooper, and touchdown, 6 for Gallup, 8 for Cooper. And while this this, uh, this difference between the two is expressed in the price that you're paying, well, with Gallup going wide receiver 27 and Amari Cooper coming off the board as the wide receiver 10, what's not accounted for is the potential for Amari Cooper to not be retained by Dallas. And if that were to happen, then we're looking at Gallup becoming the guy in Dallas. Um, you know, it is expected, widely expected, that Cooper will resign in Dallas. But, you know, when you consider that fact uh, and the fact that, you know, Gallup is going off the board as wide receiver 27, uh, even though the two had almost identical stat lines, uh, Gallup is, is still a, a candidate for an uptick in production. Uh, so I'm, I'm buying either way. I'm a huge fan of Michael Gallup, uh, but, you know, he's he's going off the board wide receiver 27, still only 23 years old. We know Amari Cooper, um, you know, does have, uh, you know, issues staying on the field or even when he's on the field, you might not even notice sometimes. So, uh, you know, I think Gallup is still um, definitely in line for some, for some production. Um, next up on the list, we're going to go with a guy. That's my guy, Curtis Samuel of the Carolina Panthers. He's currently going off the board as the wide receiver 39, and he's still just 23 years old. Uh, you know, Curtis Samuel is an interesting case study for me. Uh, many of us expected Curtis Samuel to have a breakout season in 2019, but that didn't happen. Instead, we saw Samuel's higher-drafted teammate, DJ Moore, enjoy the breakout season. When I say higher-drafted, uh, DJ Moore was a first-round pick two years ago, while uh, Curtis Samuel was a second-round pick three years ago. So um, DJ Moore enjoyed the breakout season. Uh, but while DJ Moore's price has moved from where it was the wide receiver of 15 in, in August of 2019 uh, to wide receiver 9 that it is today, Curtis Samuel's – or Curtis Samuel. Sorry, I don't know why I put the S in his name. Um, I'm usually not – prone to doing that but Curtis Samuel he can be had for roughly the same price that he he was had in August of last year because he's he was the wide receiver 39 in August of 2019 and today in January or February of 2020 or 2020 he is the uh wide receiver 39 so this is uh this is interesting to me because you know I I like getting a discount so you know, I still think the projection is there for Curtis Samuel as a player. Uh, you know, last year he had a 17% target share and was victim to poor quarterback play that was Kyle Allen. Uh, you know, we barely saw a healthy Cam Newton. Uh, but, you know, he did suffer at the hands of Kyle Allen. Um, and, you know, to put that kind of in perspective, Curtis Samuel, um, you know, he had 1,600 air yards last year but only 627 receiving yards. Uh, of the 18 players that had amassed over 1,400 air yards, Curtis Samuel was one of just two players to not reach the 1,000-yard mark in receiving yards. Um, and this next stat right here blows my mind uh, because we, if you listen to us, um, you listen to, you know, basically, I guess, uh, you know, a lot of the smart fantasy analysts out there, but, you know, we harp on it here a lot, Um is air yards and air yards they eventually lead to touchdowns right just imagine you're repeatedly targeting a receiver down the field um you know it's only a matter of time until those those targets start leading to touchdowns and curtis samuel while he had 1600 air yards um 
of his six touchdowns, <laughs> of his six touchdowns, um, he averaged just under seven receiving yards on those six touchdowns, with the longest reception, uh, touchdown reception being only 13 yards. Uh, four of his six receptions came between the four and nine yard range. Uh, this is just absurd. I think it's it's bad luck, a combination of poor quarterback play and bad luck. Bad luck, you know, having a bad quarterback. Who knows, right? But, uh, you know, that's something that should positively regress in Curtis Samuel's favor. Not saying maybe he'll score more touchdowns or anything, but uh, those big boom plays that we were kind of hoping would come last year with Curtis Samuel, hopefully those come to fruition. Uh, the thing is, though, we don't know who will be under center for the Panthers in 2020. Uh, Cam Newton's future is in doubt. Um, you know, Marty Herney, the general manager, had already come out, and he was kind of noncommittal on Cam in 2020. So uh, we'll have to see there. But I'm actually just willing to bet on the talent of a player like Curtis Samuel, who's not just used as a pass catcher, but also used as a as a rusher, uh, having adding an additional 130 Rushing yards and a, and a rushing touchdown, uh, continuing to show that dual third ability he had back at Ohio State, where he started out his career as a as a running back from the Bronx. So, um, Curtis Samuel definitely somebody that I want to buy into. Uh, definitely someone that you know I've I've been trying to buy Curtis Samuel for like two years now. Hopefully, I can I can finally get that deal done. Um, but you know I'm I'm banking on the talent that is a player like Curtis Samuel. Next up on the list at the wide receiver position, we've got Jamison Crowder. Uh, he's going off the board currently as the wide receiver 52. But Jamison Crowder of the New York Jets is still just 26 years old. And for me, this one's about opportunity. Uh, the writing on the wall is pretty much there that Robbie Anderson most likely won't be returning to the Jets. So him and his Robbie Anderson and his 96 targets will be walking out the door. But Jamison Crowder is he already led the Jets with 122 targets and had a team-leading 23% target share. And despite uh, Jets quarterback Sam Darnold missing three games with Mono, Crowder was still able to finish his wide receiver 33. And if you look at just the, uh, if you look at week six on week 16, this is when Darnold came back from Mono. Crowder was wide receiver 19. The Jets are expected to add another receiver in Anderson's place if Anderson doesn't sign. Or even if Anderson does sign, does re-sign, they, they probably still will bring back another receiver. But uh, Crowder was already the number one target for Darnold. And he should have even more opportunities with a potential departure of, of Robbie Anderson. So uh, I think Crowder could be a steal at his current ADP, a wide receiver 52, especially in PPR leagues. But I think this is uh, definitely a guy that we have to buy. So, um, you know... That's pretty much all I got for the wide receivers. Like I said, I'm just going to give a few guys each position. But, um, you know, go ahead. Feel free to, to exercise this yourself because, you know, this is it's all about paying a price, right? Which which guys are we willing to pay a high premium for and which guys do we feel maybe are, are underperforming or, or could outperform, I mean, their, their current ADP. So, um, you know, that's all I got for the wide receivers. Moving on to the tight ends. Uh, tight end position, it's a little bit hard to find and uh, to find good ones in dynasty. But we, so you know, even if we got to make a trade to get creative, or um, you know, maybe we pick up a guy off waivers that gets us through the year. Uh, whatever we got to do to be creative, but um, 
one of those ways is, is via trade. So one of those guys I'm going to buy, that's going to be Dallas Goddard, who's currently going off the board as the tight end 11. He's still only 25 years old, and um, his teammate Zach Ertz is entering his age 29 season and could also be cut after the 2020 season heading into the 2021 season so we obviously knew we obviously knew this about Dallas Goddard we all we obviously knew that this was always potential to happen but last year was the first time we really saw it really come to fruition we saw Ertz struggle with injuries and inconsistency in 2019 but he, he still managed to finish as the tight end three Dallas Goddard finishes the tight end 10 and played a near full-time role while he played two-thirds of the uh, snaps in Philadelphia's offense last year. He had a 15% target share, but he could be in line for even more work. Uh, we're already seeing that Nelson Aguilar is not going to come back. Um, you know, uh, if the if the Eagles don't make a move at receiver, uh, then you know we could see Dallas Goddard continue to, to get even more playing time and continue to see even more targets. And obviously, the built-in upside that is owning Dallas Goddard is... You know, if anything were to ever happen to Zach Ertz, if he were to miss any significant time, you have a number one tight end, and uh, what's what's a pretty good offense in Philadelphia. He was drafted as a tight end of the future, but he can produce for you now. So uh, he's somebody that I I would go look to see if I can buy. Um, you know, if the Zach Ertz owner probably owns him, then it's probably not a move that you're going to get done. But if you know he's he's sitting on someone's bench and uh, maybe. You might be able to uh, find your way into into trading for Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, I, if, if I was looking for Dallas, for a tight end and I, I had a need, um, you know, I wouldn't mind giving up a second round pick for somebody like like Dallas Goddard. You know, he's probably better than any tight end that you would draft in the in the upcoming rookie draft. So uh, if I if I had to give up a pick for for Dal- for a player like Dallas Goddard who's still only 25 years old, then I would. I would definitely look to do that. Um, the second guy on this list is going to be Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby is currently going off the board as the tight end 14. Uh, he's 27 years old, so a little bit older. But Tyler Higby is what we call a late bloomer, which, believe it or not, we see often at the tight end position. Uh, Tyler Higby enjoyed what was a breakout season, but mainly what happened down the stretch in 2019. Uh, Tyler Higby was always someone I was intrigued by. He had a combination of, of size and speed, you know, being 6'6", 255 pounds, running 4.77 in the 40-yard dash. But he slipped in the 2016 NFL draft due to character concerns earlier in his college careers, earlier in his college career, which led him to be uh, drafted by the Rams in the fourth round. So he was always a talented player. It was just about opportunity for him. Um, and so after the arrival of, Mc, of Sean McVay in, in L.A., you know, I thought that Higby would, would finally be able to put it together, but he, he didn't, not until this year. Um, and then you would think that, you know, his snap percentages, maybe his snaps went up or something to that effect, but they actually were the lowest. His snap percentage was actually the lowest it had been since his rookie year. So that led me to believe or led me to ask, you know, what, what changed? Um, and so when you dig deeper into this, uh, you know, we always use sharp football stats on here. Uh, we always reference that in terms of success rates, but they've got great breakdowns in terms of uh, usage of personnel. And so we look at the Rams' usage of 11 personnel, which means one running back and one tight end, uh, which if you watch the Rams play, um, you know, 
you take those two numbers, uh, the, the 11, one running back, one tight end, you have five eligible receivers. So you just, you know, doing simple math, um, five minus two is three. That means you have three wide receivers on the field. So if you watch the Rams play, you, you do notice that they often, very often uh, last year had three wide receivers on the field. This was their main personnel grouping weeks one through 10 was they ran this personnel grouping 80% of the time. Um, they were in 12 personnel, so one running back, two tight ends, uh, two wide receivers. They were in that personnel grouping through weeks one, one through 10 uh, for 12% of the time. Uh, and, you know, if we go back and we look at weeks 11 through 16, um, you know, they ran 11 personnel 58% of the time compared to the previous 80%. And then they they ran 12 personnel 39% of the time compared to the previous 12%. And so this shift in the use of 12 personnel coincided with Higby's uptick in production. And if you look at Higby's uh, splits during this, you know, in this time frame, so weeks 1 through 10 versus weeks 11 through 16, in weeks 1 through 10, he had an 8% target share, 21 receptions, and 192 receiving yards. Uh, we see a significant rise weeks in all of these statistics, weeks 11 through 16. So he had a 24% target share, which was second on the team during that time. He had 40 receptions, which was first on the team during that time. And he had 458 receiving yards, which is second on the team during that time. So if we assume that Sean McVay continues to go with this plan of attack going forward, then Tyler Higby should outperform the tight end 14 price tag that he currently cost when you consider that he was the tight end 6 in weeks 11 through 16, which obviously uh, is the the point in time where the Rams shifted to their heavy usage of 12 personnel. Next up at the tight end position, the last guy we got is Ian Thomas. And uh, Ian Thomas is currently going off the board as a tight end 19, um, and he's still only 23 years old. Uh, Ian Thomas is going to be in line for a major opportunity with the Panthers and the, and the Greg Olson longtime uh, Panthers tight end, having already announced that the two are going to be parting ways. So uh, the tight end position, if like I said before, it's one of the toughest positions to get right in fantasy as tight ends are used in a variety of roles in college, which makes them extremely difficult to, to project as, as prospects, specifically in dynasty fantasy leagues. But as someone who's gotten lucky over the last few years, plucking guys like Chris Herndon and Will Disley as first-year guys or maybe even getting a little-known fifth-round pick out of Iowa by the name of George Kittle as a rookie, I've learned that the tight end position is about athletic profile as well as opportunity. So uh, Ian Thomas definitely fits that mold. He he entered the 2018 NFL draft as 6'4", 260 pounds. He ran 4.74 in the 40-yard dash and jumped 36 inches in the vertical jump. So um, you know that right there speaks to his athletic profile and a man of his size. And the Panthers went ahead and made him a fourth-round pick. Um, you know, and he was always seen as the heir apparent to Greg Olson. He just needed an opportunity. And every time he got an opportunity, he flashed when he had to fill in for an injured Greg Olson. So with him getting the first crack at replacing Greg Olson, I would acquire, uh, I would look to acquire Ian Thomas if I was, if I was a fantasy owner in need of a tight end. And I'm definitely sure it won't cost you much. He might be available on waivers or um, in your free agent draft if you have uh, depending on what the format of your league is. Um, 
But Ian Thomas is somebody that I think you can have for cheap. Uh, and the tight end 19 price tag definitely speaks to that. Um, and I'm going to give you a little bonus tight end right now. Uh, and I didn't even prep for this one, but he's somebody that, you know, basically he, he intrigued me just um, just because of opportunity. Uh, the athletic profile is okay. The vertical jump wasn't wasn't too great, but um, Jay Sternberger is somebody that intrigues me. He was a third round pick of the Green Bay Packers last year. Uh, Jay Sternberger is six three or six four, two hundred and fifty pounds. He ran uh, four seven at the NFL Combine and had a thirty one inch vert. Um, so again, the vert wasn't great, but you know he's he's fast. He's a seam stretcher. Um, he spent most of last year on injured reserve, was designated to return, um, you know, but tight end position is one of the hardest positions to transition to in the NFL. So um, a lot of guys go on to not make impacts as rookies. The guys that do make rookie year impacts, those are the guys that tend to um, tend to um, have successful careers, um, you know, especially early on in their careers. Uh, you know, early example of that would be somebody like George Kittle or Will Disley. Um, Chris Herndon was on that track if if he was able to be healthy. Um, Rob Gronkowski, you know, Aaron Hernandez. The list goes on and on. Um, but um, you know, if if Jay Sternberger, if he can fill in this void that will potentially be left by Jimmy Graham, we already know that Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers is there, and the the Green Bay Packers are starving for weapons. Um, so if Jay Sternberger does have an opportunity, if the if the Green Bay Packers don't make a move at the tight end position, then Jay Sternberger is someone that I would definitely try to acquire if I'm in need of a tight end. Because, uh, you know, as we talked about, the tight end position is hard to, um, hard to find guys, especially if you're in a 12-team dynasty league and everybody's rostering, you know, one or two guys. Um, you know, that's 12 to 24 tight ends that are that are just not available to you. So um, you never want to be stuck trying to stream stream the position in the Dynasty League because very rarely will you be able to do that successfully. Um, but, guys, that's all I got today in terms of the wide receivers and the tight ends. Again, if you haven't caught part one of the episode, um, go back and listen to that. Listen to that in the feed. Uh, we covered quarterbacks there, uh, running backs you know, we covered uh, a, a quarterback who, um, you know, you might want to hurry up and, and go get that guy right now because the price price might raise uh, any day now. Could be next week, could be in a month from now, could be two months from now. We don't really know, but you might want to hurry up and pull the trigger on that guy. Also talked about a running back who was the first running back uh, in NFL or in the last 10 years to start their career with back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons as an undrafted free agent. So if you want to know who that one is, you got to go back in and listen to it. Um, but, you know, really hope you enjoyed it. Next week, I'll be bringing the, the sell-high candidates. You know, we got to buy low, so we got to sell high too as well. You know, we're just playing the market of these guys, playing the market of these players. So if you, uh, if you again, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe to the show. Go ahead, rate, leave a rate and review. Um, But as always, thanks for listening and catch you guys next week. We are out.